Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. Today I've got one of my very good friends and colleagues in the clinical research industry. He is a CRA. He's come up in the game for many years with me, and he's here. He's going to tell you a little bit, I guess, about himself and anything he wants to share with you guys. And uh, in particular, the topic of this episode is going to be about the difference between working for a CRO and a sponsor. So he, like myself, has had multiple years of experience with each. So I'm going to let him kind of tell him tell a little bit about that. So T, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on your podcast. And um, a little bit about myself. I was in the pharmaceutical industry now for a total of maybe three years. Um, mostly started off working in manufacturing. And then I switched to more of the clinical research side of things and Worked as a clinical trial assistant for a year and a half um, on the CRO side, um, where I think it was a good initial position in the clinical research. You kind of get to see all the moving parts, um, the CRA role, um, how line managers work, um, data management, and you're kind of that middle person doing all the documents and regulatory. And um, just gaining that experience was a good foundation for becoming a CRA, um, which is the position I'm in right now, working directly for the sponsor. And yeah. All right. So thank you a little bit for that background. So I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of questions about how did you make that switch from a CTA to a CRA? Um, so because that's kind of the dichotomy between the CRO and the sponsor, let's talk about that. How did you end up making that switch? Because that's a really hard switch. And I get questions about that all the time. So they'd probably shoot me if I didn't ask you that. <laughs> it, it definitely is very tough. And that was one of the main things I struggled with along with a lot of my colleagues working for CRO because there's a lot of CTA, CTAs. And the biggest thing you have to do is kind of set yourself apart from everybody else. So any ad hoc task, um, just volunteering to just um, set yourself apart, really, because when interviews come up, you have to kind of... Um, say oh I did this or I did this to kind of help yourself just stand out amongst everybody else and so just doing any volunteering on any projects if there is like an audit coming up say I want to volunteer this to go review some regulatory documents or just anything that pops up just say just raise your hand be like I'll do it I'll do it and then you just apply 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 um, I really didn't think I would get the CRA position working directly for a sponsor because that's even hard for CRAs who work directly for the CRO itself. They want to switch to the sponsor side. And so I kind of just lucked up in that when I was applying for um, the CRA role, but you just have to apply, 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 apply more than what you think um, you need the amount. And how many, how many, first of all, did you apply with the same CRO that you were working for, and then like, what kind of encouraged you to apply outside of the organization you were originally working for? So for me, um, at the CRO I was at, they had something, it's kind of like a bridge program where they want to move up the CTAs into that CRA role, and then I applied maybe three or four times and didn't <laughs> end up getting that position, but I felt like I was qualified and I was ready, and I felt like I was kind of just sitting there waiting and waiting and then it kind of got to a point where I was like enough is enough um, I kind of like gave all I had to the CRO, CRO and I wasn't really motivated as much or challenged at all in the CTA role and so I thought maybe I should just start thinking 
start looking outside of the CRO because I mean when you're working for a company it's hard not to be loyal sometimes because you feel like you invested so much emotionally and you put so many hours into the work that you do on a daily basis and so that's a hard decision on when's the right time to move but I feel like if you ever feel stagnant and you feel like you need a better challenge or you think you're ready just listen to that gut feeling and um, start looking outside of the organization you're currently at. That's that's really good advice. So you you finally you know realize that you're going to apply outside of the organization, and then how long did it take for you between starting to that application process to actually like getting an interview or landing the position with your next employer? It actually took a while. I would maybe say roughly five months. So it was a long process. Um, just first initially starting out when I was applying I just maybe did maybe five a week and then I kind of ramped it up slowly and slowly um just to get more applications out but I think I was just searching like every day on LinkedIn indeed any um job posting website I was on right um, <laughs> and that's kind of the thing because you you can't just go to LinkedIn and just expect all the jobs to be there because each website post different jobs and Mm -hmm. you kind of have to attack it at different angles i know one thing that i did that kind of helped me land a position is just going into linkedin and not even going to jobs but just going into the posts because sometimes recruiters they post their jobs just in a um a posting on there like Like status yeah like their personal page like we have an opening coming up and that the listing might not even be on the company's website and so just reaching out to those recruiters um, directly and saying, here's my resume, um, this is what I've been working on, and just kind of sell yourself and just show how you can be an asset to the company. And I feel like that's the best way to go about it instead of um, just sending your application out because I think the most thing that I, the thing that I learned like in that process was just um, relationships matter. And so if you can build that relationship with the recruiter, recruiter that's going to help you out a lot because, as you know, everybody wants to be a CRA. And so there's thousands and thousands of applications going out for just one job. And so you got to set yourself apart and then build those relationships with those recruiters. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point about the uh, LinkedIn post. I didn't even think about that. So that's a new gem to the channel. So thank you a lot for that, T. <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, so... It took you about five months, and then how did the interview process go? I mean, this was this is for a sponsor, and I'm sure you weren't necessarily, you know, thinking that maybe you had a good chance or anything because you didn't have a, a ton of experience. You had some experience. So, yeah. what was that interview process like? Um, for me, like, um, as I say, I kind of felt like I got lucky because the position that I got, the sponsor was actually looking for more entry level people, so they wanted the coordinators, the clinical trial assistants. Uh, because they wanted to start building their own in-house CRA program. And so um, they kind of named it as like a associate CRA. So you aren't like a CRA 1 or CRA 2 coming in. You're kind of like associate, and they're going to put a lot of training um, into that program. So they invested maybe four months into like the training program. So the interview process wasn't... um, like too intensive like you didn't know how to you didn't have to know how to be a CRA um, per se you just needed to know um, the industry a little bit and just um, 
the basics of how the clinical trials is being run and conducted. And so it was just pretty simple um, questions. I had a um, Skype interview initially with um, two different um, people. One was like a senior CRA and another one was a CRA line manager. And then I had a second round interview in person, um, which was kind of, I think it was three sessions where I had three separate interviews with two personnel each. Um, and there were different senior CRAs um, and they kind of just wanted to know um, a little bit about what we wanted to do like in the future, like where is our progression because they're investing so much into you with this program. They want to know what's your, um, what's your idea of how you want to be in like five years. Like, do you want to be a senior CRA or are you trying to just get this position and leave? And so there's a lot of questions about um, your focus and what do you want to do five years from now, which it's kind of hard because when you're a CTA, all you want to do is get that CRA position. You're not really <laughs> exactly. like thinking past that. Like, uh, I wasn't trying to be a line manager or go into data management. I wasn't thinking about that. All I was thinking about was the CRA position. So um, I was just preparing for that. And yeah, but I wouldn't say it was too um, intensive, actually. I felt like um, the sponsor interviews were a lot. I don't want to say easier, but they weren't as tough as the interviews that I had trying to get the CRA positions at the CRO, uh -huh. um, which is surprising. So, right. Yeah, but I would say it was overall a great experience. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, do you feel like the company you work for is having more CRAs? Like, what's kind of their strategy? Are they going to be hiring more CRAs like you? Um because you you had more experience than I think some of the other people that came yeah. into the program. Was that right? Yeah, definitely. Um, um, there were like five or six of us that was in the program. And initially, one of the people that joined was straight out of college. So they didn't have any clinical research experience at all. Just um, basic research. I think they were a biology major. So they had lab experience and they knew the etiquette and like good clinical practice. Uh, but yeah, they didn't if have that. any. <laughs> if that any um experience yeah so um they kind of just took a leap of faith and just wanted to tr test and try things out because um, if you think it think about it from like a company standpoint they don't want all senior cras they want people from different and different levels because you want to build upon the associates and the cra ones you don't want to have all senior cras because they're going to burn out eventually mm -hmm. um i think the average lifespan of a cra is typically five to six years and then most people are like I'm done traveling. I want to do something else. They got to um, take a break or something. Yeah, so you got to have different levels. And so I understand uh, why this, the sponsor wanted to try something out and have younger or less experienced CRAs in their role. Mm -hmm. So now now looking back at it, having worked at both the CRO and a sponsor, which which do you like better? And which do you think is better for like someone get, just getting their start? I definitely think the sponsor side is a lot better, um, and it's mostly just because the line of communication yes. is a lot easier. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you have a problem, it's so easy to like jabber or like even send a quick email to your data manager, and they're they work directly for the sponsor, and they're going to answer you within like a few minutes most of the time. Right. And like you don't have to wait and then follow like a proper protocol up the chain just to get an answer and wait a couple of days instantly get it you have direct access um and a lot of things like there's no special sops you have to follow like at the cro because 
I feel like working for a CRO sometimes you you, you kind of felt handcuffed um, and you didn't have a lot of say of what um, like the processes of like how the CTAs um, went about their work or their like it, it took a lot a long time to like implement certain things uh, or certain new practices or certain stuff because that CRO has that contract with the sponsor and they're kind of tied down with um, their processes and how they're going to do things because at the end of the day there's there's just the bottom line for the CRO and they just want to meet that quota so they can keep the contracts coming and so working for the sponsor I feel like you're a lot more flexible uh, with how you want to work day in and day out and you have a lot more say um, with the study team about what's new or another best practice that we can implement um, to kind of just make your job a lot better. Yeah, I agree 100, 110% because <laughs> one of the issues that I always had was anytime there was a question, you know, you had to go, you know, talk to the CTL. The CTL would have to go talk to the project manager. The project manager yeah. would have to go check with the sponsor. And it's and not, it, I feel like it's not a good way to like, communicate. effectively communicate. Because right. um, just think if a site has a question, um, and you're like, they reach out to the CRO, I mean the CRA, and you have to go ask your line manager before you can reach out to maybe data management or the clinical scientist. Um, and it just delays that answer getting to the site. And then what if a patient is waiting for the answer if they're trying to um, maybe um, screen a patient? And they're just waiting on an answer. Just waiting. <laughs> half the time, it even get lost. Exactly. You wouldn't even get it. You wouldn't even get an answer half the time. Yeah. So I think a sponsor is the ultimate goal or the ultimate um, position to be, or ultimate place to be for CRA um, as opposed to CRO for indeed. Yeah. All right. Let me ask you about this because what about the timing of it? Now, if, if I'm just getting fresh out of college, do I want to go work for a sponsor? Because then I'm going to be kind of jaded and never want to go work for a, a, a CRO. And that might keep my salary down because I'm not going to be able to jump around as much. What do you have to say to someone who says something like that? Like maybe it's better to go later in your career to the sponsor when you already, you know, gotten your, your level up. I think it all depends on the life you want to live. So if you're all about making money, I wouldn't say go work for a sponsor right out the right out of college because you can definitely make a lot more money jumping from CRO to CRO. And then maybe like after two or three, you're like, okay, I'm, I've reached the, the amount of money I want to make. I want to have better benefits or um, just a better work environment. Because a lot of people that work for the sponsor came from CROs and they love it and they've been there for 15 years now and they don't want to go anywhere else just because they just love working for a sponsor directly. And so I feel like a sponsor should be your final home. Yes. And so for me, like, I don't feel like I could leave anytime soon just based off of, like, how I don't have that much stress. As I feel like I talk to other CRAs. They're so stressed out. They're always on the road. And they, like, feel like they've been drugged into the ground just yeah. because um, I guess they don't really value the CRA um as much as the sponsor would, but definitely not. Yeah, so um, if you want to make that money, I would say CRO, CRO route is probably the best route starting off, and then work your way up to um, directly working for a sponsor would be ideal. Right now, does does your sponsor have a lot of turnover? Because I know the one I work for, they do not. So it can be hard to kind of get in, like you were yeah. saying. Like I feel like I got super lucky too. 
it just so happened at the right time, at the right place, I had the right amount of experience and it just got lucky. Like, I don't know if I told you this story, but they actually threw my resume out. <laughs> the recruiters threw my resume out and then they didn't like any of the other resumes that the recruiters passed on. So then they went back in, in the, the discard pile and found my resume. Wow. So that's super lucky. <laughs> they threw my shit out, man. So luckily, you're like at the right spot on that list. Exactly. <laughs> and then they then they brought me in to interview, and then the rest was history. I already told the podcast that story, but that that's just crazy. So, I mean, I definitely feel like there's not a lot of turnover on the sponsor side because, like I said, people have been working at my sponsor for 10, 15, 20 years, and they just love it because the sponsor I work for they. It's mostly regional based, and so you're not traveling all the time. Like most of the time, we have a company car and we go out maybe wait, two, wait, wait, two, wait, three hours. <laughs> Say that again. You got a what? <laughs> they provide us a company car, so they don't want you traveling. Uh, if you're living in the East Coast, always to the West Coast or Northeast and Southwest, they don't want you doing all that. They value um, your work life balance, and they don't. They want you to stay long term, and they value. You moving up in the company, even if you want to stop being a CRA, they're like, hey, we can open up a new position somewhere else in the company. So they invest into you. Like they, they don't want you to leave. If you're a good employee, they want to keep you there. And so they try and do their best to make you happy. And so giving these perks like the company car um, definitely um, helps a lot of people out and is a good incentive for you to stay. And plus the um, sponsor I work for, um, is one of the, I guess, few places that still has, um, oh, I can't even think of the top of my head. I just lost my train of thought, sorry. <laughs> what, you're but, talking about one of the perks that they provide? Yeah, it's just one of the perks, um, for like, it's a benefits, um, long term. It's, uh, it'll come back to me in a second, sorry. All right, guys, what, are some, but, what are some of the other perks that you like working for your, your company? Um, I think... At first, when I first started off, um, so our sponsor doesn't give us a stipend that most CRAs get, and I thought that was a negative at first. What do you mean a stipend? So if you say you're going out on a visit, um, you maybe get $75 a day, um, but here we don't get to keep it, so if we don't spend it, you don't you don't get to keep it, and most CROs, you're able to keep that money. So, so you can make a little extra money. Yeah, you can keep it in your pocket. For, for me... Um, you kind of have to spend it or lose it. And so at first I thought it was a negative, but I actually like it because um, it gives me a more incentive to enjoy that $75. Like, And I think it, it helps you because you're happy. Like you, you had a stressful day at site or something. Like You can spend that $75 on like a nice meal and just feel good about yourself and know that you worked and you um, uh, worked hard for that, that meal and just helps you out and I feel like if I didn't have that if I had the option to keep it I would just, just <laughs> maybe like go to like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> spend ten dollars and then pocket the rest but I feel like since I'm forced to actually spend it um it it makes it more enjoyable um because it's definitely a perk or for sure because um just thinking about all that um the traveling you're doing you don't really have time to sit down and have a good meal so forcing you to do it yeah helps out a lot that's that's interesting that you said that thing about the food because that's one of the things my manager told me when I first got started was make sure that you enjoy these cities that you're going to because you know we we travel all over the country 
Um, you've seen in my in my past episodes, I've talked about that. You know, New Orleans, one of my favorite places. New York City, D.C. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to go to these awesome cities and enjoy them in a way you never would have been able to. Because I know for me, I'm not spending a you know seventy five, hundred dollars <laughs> on food when I'm yeah. there by myself. Um, so she said, you know, you make make sure that you enjoy this place, these places, because that's the perk of the job. That's like the primary perk of the job. Yeah, is being in these awesome places. And now that I think about it, if you like. Wanting to like start off your CTA and you're going into the CRA role, another reason why to maybe go the CRO route first is because they're gonna send you everywhere. They're gonna send you across the country, and then for me, like I, I don't go too far. Um, I live in North Carolina, and so I only travel to South Carolina. That's the farthest I go, and so <laughs> it's a little different as opposed to a lot of people working CROs. They're they're mostly flying every every trip or every visit that they have and so that's one of the things to think about but if you have the um if you're trying to make a decision on whether cr wait for a um a cro position as opposed to a sponsor i wouldn't do that just get the experience like whatever comes up you take it regardless (laughs) never wait for the perfect position because there is none and so and it may not come back around you never know yeah just get that experience and then you can build upon it for sure yeah, you know how many times we try to apply and then they're saying like they're having a hold on the positions oh, and stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, whenever the opportunity you take it. You take it no matter what. <laughs> no questions asked. No questions. <laughs> so yeah. So I I appreciate you coming on today. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Do you have any last any last words or words of encouragement for someone looking to break into the industry or you know, if they're a lot of people question if they should do CRA because of the travel. And I know yours is more local travel. Mm-hmm. My travel is, I do a lot of flying, but it's really not that bad because I'm not doing multiple visits in a week like on the CRO level. Yeah. So what would you say about that? I would just say do it. I think it's a it's a good way to um, break out of like that typical nine to five shell that most people live in. Absolutely. And like just learn how, <laughs> how different your life can be. Like um, you can be working at night or you can wake up early in the morning and just kind of make your own schedule and it's that's the most like beautiful thing about it is how flexible being a CRA is like you have your visits of course and you have to write those reports and stuff but anything outside of that you're kind of making your own schedule and um my um manager doesn't really like clock what I do every single day she just knows that you're being a CRA, you're going to get your hours in. Like, you're going to work 40 hours a week. But that's like, another thing. That's the difference between the CRO is that damn time card. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to do that anymore at the sponsor level. Yeah, you don't, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just working from the road and, like, writing, report in air, like, writing your report in the airport is it's just a different a way of living and working. And I think um, everyone should try it because now I don't feel like I could ever go back into the office. No, it'd be tough. Working from home is the perfect thing. And so um, just keep striving. If you're trying to get that CRA position, just keep applying, trying new things. Um, I'm trying to think of some tips. Just try to make yourself stand apart, um, like I said earlier, and just do everything to boost that resume up and just keep trying, pushing. Okay. Well, thank you. We'll have to have you back on later for a more full episode. We can dive a little bit deeper yeah, into for your me. into your background and things of that nature. Um, as always, guys, we got the resume review program, LinkedIn reviews, interview preparation, 
dis, uh, you can look in the description box for those links. Um, Elite Clinical Group at gmail.com, as always. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>